Hi guys, my name is Kalen. Hey, I'm Delmas. This is Pablo. This is Jabir. This is Kevin. Guys, welcome to the Third World Perspective. We are going to give you a Third World Perspective on all kind of sports. You name them. Beach, NBA, NFL, (laughs) Beach, F1, football. You name them. All kinds of sports. Yes. Thank you. Ciao. Hey guys, welcome back to the Third World Perspective. Welcome back to another episode. Obviously, bringing you the new series we are covering Qatar 2022. Um, my name is Pablo and I have incredible hosts, incredible a host and an, an incredible guest with me tonight. Um, I have Linus, obviously Linus on the podcast. Linus Wahome. Hello. Say hi. <laughs> and also i have i have alex barker on the podcast i really i really hope i pronounced that right alex obviously you can follow him on twitter at euro expert underscore obviously creates a lot of good content on youtube as well you guys should go and check him out alex is here all the way from london how are you alex i'm very good man especially to be back home yeah it's been a while and obviously we're starting this new series previewing the world cup a month before before the tournament actually kicks off in qatar and last week we spoke about the south american teams obviously a, a bunch of incredible content you guys if you missed the last episode go and check it out and today we're speaking about the teams obviously from this continent of ours african teams this week and obviously a, a good african teams obviously headed to the to the tournament and alex obviously is a, is a is a is a big expert and a big fan of african football that's why he's here and uh, i'm going i'm going to start with 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 an easy question for you for you alex here um jose Mourinho actually said sometime last year or sometime during the summer i i, I forget the exact time period where this quote is from but he said something along the lines of <clears throat> Um, FIFA should at least allow players born on the on the continent, um, on the African continent, to not play for European European teams. I think he said something along the lines of that will actually improve the chances of African teams winning the World Cup. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, to not play, <laughs> so, so born in Africa to not play for like a, a France or a, or an Algeria. Like a Germany. Yeah. Okay. And see, that is a tricky one because there there are some players. I think Patrick Vieira was one, right? Was might been born in Senegal and then ended up playing for France. It's really down to the player. But mm-hmm. maybe we'll, we'll we'll definitely get into this topic. I think when we talk about uh, Senegal, but I think we're seeing the reverse of that actually happen. I mean, Senegal we'll briefly bring them up now. A, a lot of uh, I can't remember the percentage, but I believe oh, yeah. like. Around ten to fifteen percent of the French population has Senegalese heritage, and because the French football team is so stacked, a lot of those players with like Senegalese heritage are going. I can't get into this, so I'm just going to go. I'm going to go back to my roots. Going to play for Senegal. So I appreciate Mourinho's sentiment, but maybe it's not needed for an African team to actually start doing well at a World Cup. Maybe the process has already kind of begun naturally. Why is it? Why is it not needed? That's interesting. Is it's not needed for an African team to perform well at the World Cup? No, no, no. It's not needed for um, the players to like to be banned from, essentially from playing uh, for okay. European nations. Oh, I mean, I very much would hope an African team would win the World Cup. It'd be amazing <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's 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 become it's obviously got to a point where it's so tough to get into the into the European teams if you're from African descent. And to your point, obviously, um, uh, players with African heritage um, that basically live in Europe um, come sometimes to play for for their African teams, respectively. And obviously, this this is this is something that maybe Africans should should be excited about um, the fact that obviously we're getting more more and more talent and the African game is getting better. Um, but obviously, we cannot speak about African football without recognizing the previous tournament that was held on the continent. Linus, obviously, I think at the time Linus, you were in Australia, which I'm not exactly sure um, how much you followed the Afcon. But um, I think it was one of the most successful tournaments the African continent has ever had, and CAF as well. What What do you think? Maybe the 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 limelight that the tournament got. Do you think it helped African football, if at all? Um, 
well in terms of exposure then yeah i think i think this was a well marketed afcon uh, i believe more eyes on the global scene were watching africa at this stage but um <clears throat> i believe uh, if we were to see an increase or rather if we were to see um, african teams perform well on the international scene and particularly the world cup this has to come down to what each nation really had to contribute and i believe well without spoiling what i have in store for this for this episode i'll show you what exactly i mean later on as we discuss these teams and see how yeah. certain nations how arising certain nations um stature uh, through the game corresponds to um uh, uh, an increase in quality within the domestic leagues yeah 100% and hopefully um the tournament was massive obviously in Europe as well people are watching um basically other leagues and and the, and the afcon simultaneously the premier league and the afcon it was it was it was a massive a massive win for for the for the tournament for for caf as well for the continent as well uh, now let's let's get quickly get into into the topics that we had the first team we're going to speak of obviously the african champion senegal and uh, this is a favorite of alex obviously the last time we spoke with Alex Alex had Senegal actually reaching the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Alex, are you still that optimistic? The only thing that makes me want to change my mind on that is the fact I believe if Senegal finish second in their group and English and England finish f- uh, first, those two will play each other. Um mm-hmm. so that's the only thing that's in the back of my head saying, well kind of <laughs> if Senegal if Senegal beat England I might be a bit annoyed, but I I think this team is still good enough to go to the quarterfinals um i think we saw an afcon even though yeah sometimes it looked a little blunt up front i think they were so secure at the back and yeah. i think unlike a few other teams going to this tournament not just in africa but across the group stages i think they they're good players are still good if that makes sense like sadio mane yes he's turned a little bit older but He he is still one of the best players in the world. Kalidou Koulibaly is still one of the best center backs in the world, one of the better ones in the Premier League. I think mm-hmm. they have easily the best squad of the African nations going to the competition. A better squad than uh I'd say other teams in the other teams in the in the group stages. So you, you look at their group, I mean Ecuador they realistically should be the the hosts in Qatar. I mean, Qatar could get humiliated because they're by far <laughs> the weakest team in this group. And the Netherlands, even though they've got Louis van Gaal, they're not the most reliable. So they could potentially win the group and from there, you know, it's the knockout stages. They've reached the quarterfinals before. I do back them to reach them again. And honestly, if Alucise can take them to the semi-finals, uh, that'd be extraordinary and I'd absolutely love it. Yeah. Um yeah, they obviously they go to, they go to the quarterfinals um I'm not, I'm not exactly sure 2002 in South in Korea. Japan I think. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I think I think Ali Sise has been has has been their manager since to 2015. Um he's part of the reason he was part of that squad in 2002 that actually got to the quarterfinals. Um part of the reason why Senegal is actually doing really well they have that stability they have they have a good thing going obviously the culture is is deep where you have the coaching actually the coaching actually being former former team players and um i think i think i think senegal like you said sadio mane is incredible obviously is t- 30 years old now is the all time top scorer for senegal um with 34 goals obviously now at bayern munich i think i think for them they just they they basically have a good mix and they have a good mix of experience and a good mix of of of, of youth as well we have players like papa guay obviously from marseille who is just coming up um pape matasa as well from tottenham like tottenham has, has a bunch of players that could actually feature um basically in the in the world cup as well um leina so do you think of senegal what 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 is the what is maybe this the the bare minimum that they need that they need to do for them to actually label qatar 2022 as a success um well i'll start with saying that you know it's funny how <clears throat> we did uh, at the beginning of the board where we were talking about um Senegal, you know um about 15% of the french population having senegalese descent and i kid you not in my notes i've written senegal the french team you should be watching and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah so i think i think yeah without rehashing what alex has said the difficult team to break down ali uh, ali sisse has 
a clear vision on what he wants tactically on the pitch, what he wants from his players. Uh, the attacking play is a bit, um, it's a bit mid, you know, as the, as the kids say, uh, given the attacking talent on display. But I think for me, for me, the big question has to be Edward Mendy because he was phenomenal for them uh, in the Afcon and somehow has lost favor with um, Graham Potter. And I believe he didn't even feature in the um, recent friendlies that they played. So. Uh, would that be a problem for them going forward? But yeah, I believe minimum the minimum they should get is uh, get out of the group stages because I mean 2018 was was one of those weird ones. I mean when they lost due to um, tiebreaker rules, you know the fair play, um, and they lost their spot to Japan because they had um, a poor um, uh, a poor what do you call it a poor uh, record with yellow cards. But yeah, I believe. Yeah. Whatever we've seen from Senegal has not just been a plug, and it's, it's it's something that we've been working on. And this World Cup yeah. probably should be should actually tell um, a clear story of how good they are. Yeah, I, I, the Lions of Taranga are a good team. Like for people, people who are doubting how good Senegal are. Senegal are actually a very good team, and like obviously, the, like L- Alex said something along the lines of maybe they might finish second in this group, but I think I think they might they might um, um, basically take up Netherlands for their money. I think I think they're a very hard, difficult team to score against, and obviously, like they obviously they depend a lot on money basically to score goals, and they have players up there like Bamba D who is coming up but um, I think they're a very difficult team to break down but Alex what do you think of, of Linus's thought on actually on on Mendy actually playing and do you think do you think he, he, can, he can return in form in time for Senegal hmm Edouard Mendy you mean the, he's a tricky one and but I do think he's suited to World Cups I think the reason he's been out of form is more with his ability on the ball right that, that's why he, Kepa starting over him because Kepa is so much more comfortable with the ball at his feet and Chelsea are such a ball-dominant team. At World Cups, you don't really tend to see like an emphasis on passing out of the back. Uh, like a Pep Guardiola sort of style football, Graham Potter style football. Obviously, you like teams who want to maintain possession, but I think Mendy's pretty well-primed to World Cups, to be honest, besides his horrible pe- penalty record. Um, <laughs> I don't think... I think he'll actually go into the tournament uh, quite confident. It's the same thing with like England's own Harry Maguire, right? He gets exposed quite easily at club level Manchester United, but he's well protected for the England side. So international football, I think you're right. Things definitely are tweaks. I think Mendy should be fine going into this World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully for Senegal is is fine for them. Um, but Alex, which like who from this Senegal side is is basically a player that people should should watch for? People should actually keep a keen eye on. Oh, good question. I think they've got a few players coming through. I mean, Lennis mentioned Pat Matassar. Um, one I'd be quite interested to see. I mean, he's been very much out of form this year. Uh, Bamba Dieng, who I believe was born in Senegal, he uh, grew up there. He, he didn't move to France until quite late on. Um, he's been compared to Didier Drogba before, not in terms of his physique, but the way he strikes a ball. And he, some people listening may know or may recognize the name uh, because he he's the guy who went to move to Leeds uh, in the summer transfer window, and then you turned to move to Nice at the last minute and then failed their medical and got laughed at by the whole internet. But yeah, under the bonnet, he's a really like talented player, really quick, really devastating. And I believe he has been capped by Senegal. If he goes to the World Cup and he's in the squad, he could be a really good impact sub. Uh, so I'd, I'd keep an eye out for Bamba Dieng. Yeah, uh, yeah, 12 cups for Senegal, two goals, 12 cups, two goals in 12 cups. I think um, for someone who is 22 years old, um, he is basically the future for the for, for the Senegalese side and basically watch out for him. And Linus, do you have anyone else to watch out for, for Senegal here? Do you think maybe Pop Matassar should, should be someone that maybe we should look at? Like Alex said. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen much of him at club level. <clears throat> But I think I think for me I'd go with um, though he's been quite underwhelming uh, since he moved uh, would be Sumare uh, at Leicester, who I've always I've always held as he's a good player. There's a player in there perhaps maybe maybe um, Alisis Card could find a system that would bring out the best in him. But yeah, I mean I I really wish he actually makes some um, final squad and does 
you know, given that this um, global scene, show the world what he's actually, you know, capable of. Yeah, Bubakari Sumare from Leicester has never been capped by Senegal. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, he's, he's a good player, and obviously we haven't we haven't seen much, but like um, the potential is there. Don't I'm not not sure if Aliusise will will make will make the gamble, but if he does, it will be very interesting. Yeah, and well, a bit on see uh, when we covered Ecuador last last um, episode. Uh, you said this is quite uh, an open group. I mean, you really couldn't tell who would make it at the end. I mean, as much as um, Alex has written off Qatar, you'd be surprised, you know, when you think about Korea 2002, you'd be surprised. So, yeah. Senegal are not good from the get-go. You know, they're starting off with um, the, um, the Netherlands. Um, if they slip up and Ecuador a team who could surprise you, they could be in real trouble. So hopefully they get um they are they're able to you know start um this tournament with the need uh, with the, with, the, with the sense and urge that they're actually here to you know uh leave a lasting effect. Yeah. Yeah and also like I think I think Senegal as a whole they, they usually they never start out they never start out their tournaments flying. Like I remember during the AFCON they, they had they basically needed a, needed penalties to get out of the group penalties against teams like Zimbabwe which is just shocking they struggled scoring and maybe 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 they get to, to a rough start but I'm 100 sure that they, this time around they will try to get to make sure and get and get those three points earlier earlier on um, because like you said Ecuador as well like we spoke about them last week they're actually a, a, a team that are underrated and they might shock some people um I like Qatar obviously there's that home field advantage where maybe the fans turn up like something like that we saw in Russia happen where Russia basically go to the knockout stages and like um surprise some teams um but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see this group basically could go either way and obviously that's a world cup world cups that ten- that tends to happen yeah but let's quickly speak about um Tunisia here Tunisia are in group D and um Tunisia are, are, are one of those teams that basically they are African teams but like they usually fly under the radar until maybe they get into the knockout stages no one usually pays a lot of attention um to them during during the group stages i'm not sure why um if they if they get out of the group stages i'm not sure why um but basically what do you expect from Tunisia here Alex because it's this is a team that basically they don't have too many stars except from i think Kazri is, is basically um, one of the few players that people might know and what 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 should people expect from Tunisia here yeah this is going to be a team I, they've, they've not actually got as bad a record as you might expect i mean it, this will be their sixth world cup in their history tunisia and their, their record in the competition stands at two wins four draws nine losses i mean as an england fan i remember when england needed like a last minute goal to get past them but in their group they have France, Australia and Denmark. I think they're going to be looked at as the whipping boys in that group. I mean, even of the African nations that qualify for Qatar, I mean, Tunisia, I think that the hardest teams there to beat were Zambia and Mali. Uh, and although they scored 11 goals, conceded just two, they they struck out as well, having the easiest route, I think, into the uh, I- I- into a qualification. So I haven't got the highest hopes of this team i think out of all the nations here they're most likely to do the worst yeah yeah i, I like uh, it, there's, there's not a lot going on for them i think in 20, back in 2019 they were good um obviously for the, in the afcon they finished fourth obviously finished eighth in, in this afcon actually they 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 go to the quarterfinals and um I, i think for them it's it's just a case of maybe what well, maybe Kazri does something incredible for them um because the, the the only other players that you can think of here is Hannibal Hannibal Medbury obviously um a Man United player on loan now at Birmingham City which is um is 19 years old don't expect him to do much for for the team Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, he's been getting quite a few minutes at Birmingham as well. He's not got a goal or assists, but um, yeah, like you said, he'll probably be the other person they they look towards in the squad. I reckon. I'm not sure if he's been capped actually by the Tunisian national team yet, but uh, he looks. I mean, he's the most valuable player in the Tunisian squad on transfer mark, so I imagine uh, he must be in there. 
Yeah, yeah. You'd be surprised how, how many times he's been capped. He's been capped 18 times. Hasn't wow. scored yet. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah, he's yeah he's, he's 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 always been a feature, obviously for the squad as well. Um, but they 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 have they have a, a a very a very weird team. Obviously, not a lot of not a lot of basically experience as well, but not a lot of youth as well. I think Medjbri is, is the youngest player basically for them, um, at 19 years old. And most most players actually range between the ages of 24 to 29, and that's always good for 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 a team. But you you never know where the goals are coming from. Um, most of most of the players actually play within the continent. We have players from Zamalek. I um, mean, that play in Zamalek, Egypt, in Al Ali, Egypt. That's Egypt as well. Um, not much f- from Tunisia. Lainas, so what do you, what do you, what are you seeing from this Tunisian side going into Qatar? Um, so I'll take a totally different outlook from you guys. Sure. Yeah. There's nothing to look at. I mean, they don't have the star names that you'll find in, uh, say, a Morocco or <clears throat> a Cameroon or even a Senegal. But uh, if there's one thing you've seen about their game is uh, defensively, they don't concede, right? So they don't play, but they don't concede. That's They won't go forward, but they don't concede. And then, you know, you mentioned that man, Wabi Kazri. And if you know anything about Kazri is when it comes to dead balls, he's the guy. So you're looking at a group with France who aren't what you'd call confident at the moment. You're looking at a Denmark side that's quite resurgent and an Australian side. I mean, turning out one nil wins against these teams does not seem impossible. So, um, and if you look at the 2018 World Cup, right? Uh, they were in a group with Belgium, England, and some of the and some of those games they gave those big teams, you know, a run for their money. Uh, so yeah don't count them out actually this is the team i'll be going for i mean this is the team i'll be watching most closely um from africa because mm-hmm. i think i think they, they they will show something they will they will turn up i mean they're not great i'm not saying they're great i'm not saying put your money on them but they have whatever and they may be in a difficult group but whatever recipe they have means that if they want to proceed to um the knockout stages it would be an impossible task for them to lend, to yeah. lend credit to your point, Lewis, I will give you the fact as well with Wabi Kansri, he is used to sort of dragging along a team, uh, dragging along a team that's always usually the underdog. I mean, he's, he recently moved to Montpellier, but he spent three years with, or well, three to four years with Son Etienne, and he was very prolific there, I thought. He scored 37 goals in just over 100 games with 14 assists, which is not an amazing record, but... Like for Sunny Etienne, who in throughout that time were relegation candidates, like consistently, um, he did. He was always a talisman. So you know, I'll, I'll give you credit for that, especially like he, maybe for Tunisia, you, he'll fill that that similar role, and he'll be able to take sort of the weight of the attack on his shoulders and the weight of set pieces on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. Salah did the same. I mean, he Salah were not a great team, but you know, whenever Kazri was was um, among the ranks. They were able to pull off results and you know stay afloat for as long as they could. So yeah, Kaz will be the man they will mostly turn to. So well, if he gets injured before the tournament, then it's you know it's all doom and gloom. So you know, write them off. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If he gets injured, that that will be terrible news for Tunisia. But um, Laina, so you're saying Tunisia is a team that's actually underrated. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, okay. Well, you know, let me just what would they say? Jump the shark. Um, you know, you say that they don't have a lot of star names, uh, and sure, I mean, not a lot of their, their players are playing probably in um, the top tier leagues of Europe. But if you do actually take a look at uh, the state of football within the continent, and here I'm using um, the CAF Championship, which is um, um, the sort of Champions League of um, African teams, you'll see that um, Tunisia, Morocco, um, Algeria. And surprisingly, the RFC Congo are, are, you know, teams that have won this um, tournament recently. Now, this tournament has been dominated by um, Al-Ali from Egypt. And mm-hmm. in between those um, periods of dominance, you're seeing these new teams. And it's no wonder that Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia are able to um, rise up, you know, as a national team. At the same time that um, their domestic, uh, these domestic teams are performing well. Um, in Africa, so I mean, maybe I may not have uh, any statistical um, correlation to show, but it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's, uh, it's there for um, looking at, and you could see that 
yeah, I mean, it does make sense that as they improve, as you see ES Tunis, as you see um, TP Mazembe, um, Setif um, dominate um, this, the CAF Championship Leagues, then you also see an improved quality in the national teams here and there. So I think, yeah. you know, just don't let them off because they don't have players playing in the top five leagues in Europe or whatever. I think Tunisian football as um, either the Tunisia FA and whatever they're trying to do domestically, though I, I cannot tell you what it is. I think it's working. And look, two World Cups in a row, what more do you need? Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Not to rule them out. I get, I get, I get what you're saying. And obviously, the CAF Champions League, obviously, it's it's still growing. And you're, and like you said, obviously, the teams from North Africa um, basically dominate. And obviously, surprisingly, Congo as well. Um, yeah, I get, I, I get what you're saying. And obviously, um, it's 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 not it's not rule not rule Tunisia out. And as well, like you said, this group, I think I think basically France, it's 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 tough one. It's a, it's a tough one. France, obviously, are the defending champs. It's 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 a, it's a tough one. But like looking at Australia, I think if Tunisia play a, a good game, I think they they can win against Australia. Denmark as well. Maybe they could get a draw. Maybe they could win depending on which which Denmark actually shows up as well. Um, but not not rule Tunisia out. But uh, hopefully 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 they do well. I I I've, I've not watched enough of Tunisian. Tunisian football, basically, to know to know to know how how the teams look or maybe basically how they shape up. Yeah, um, but for 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 the for the second for the third team that we're going to speak of here, um, obviously a team that Lane has mentioned before, a team that basically has the flashy names that basically um, b- people will know Morocco. Man, Morocco, Morocco is here. Um, Wait, but, but let me let me just let me just speak about this um, that Linus actually mentioned. Algeria, are you guys surprised that Algeria didn't qualify for the World Cup? Obviously, the Afcon champions in 2019, and obviously they they didn't play them that well. Obviously, in Afcon last year, this year. Um, I, let me start with Alex here. Are you surprised that Algeria didn't make the World Cup? I was just double checking actually. Who did they play um, in qualification? Cameroon. Yeah, I guess I guess it's not as surprising. Um, it's, it's interesting because I mean, from my perspective, I've only really international football for me used to be like my bedtime, basically. But the last couple of years, I followed it a bit more closely. Um, yeah. So, I, but I'm outside the window of Algeria being like a dominant force. To me, like they're not that like, they don't feel as you know much better than any other sides that we're going to talk about today and the ones we've already spoken about so for me i'm not i guess i'm not too surprised but maybe it's because from the perspective i'm coming from from the little information that i have probably compared to you guys in algeria they just don't feel that big of a miss yeah, like uh, um, like for me, I think I think I, I think I think they are a big miss. I think I think it it was it was a massive loss for them not to, not to actually qualify for the World Cup. They won the Arab Cup, I think, um, in twenty twenty one. Um, they I think they I think they beat something like Saudi Arabia or Qatar in the final. I'm not exactly sure. Um, they they've been a force basically in African football in recent years actually, and historically they they always were and like they they, they had a they had a period of like ten to fifteen years where they. They basically went off the radar, but obviously with the resurgence of players like Riyad Mahrez, I think they, they basically um, have be, have been a, a staple for, for African football. Like mentioning African teams, obviously the likes of Ghana are making a resurgence now um, after disappearing since the early 2010s. Um, but Algeria in, in later years they have been they have been that team that are always there. Obviously qualifying um, as well. I think they qualified as well in 2018. And obviously, winning winning the Afcon in 2019 was massive. Obviously, following that up with the Arab Cup win in 2021 as well. Lainas, am I the only one here? What do you think? Algeria is a big miss. Uh, a big miss. Yes, I think there were more shocking stories. Pardon? For a big miss for the country. Yeah, big miss. But I think there are more shocking. Uh, there are more shocking um, misses, uh, namely. Um, <clears throat> Nigeria and um, Ivory Coast, who, I mean, yeah. went down to Ghana. And to me, Ghana is the weakest team among the teams that are playing at, at this World Cup. So I, I think, look, it, uh, 
okay, let, let's first talk about Morocco and then we'll come to Cameroon, right? Because I don't, I don't want you know. So yeah, Morocco, good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Alex, do, what, what, what do you think of Nigeria and, and Ivory Coast? Cote d'Ivoire actually missing the World Cup because those, those are teams that are always in every World Cup. Yeah, that that was the one that got me actually. Nigeria losing out to Ghana, I thought. That was quite surprising because it was on away goals as well, wasn't it? Cote d'Ivoire, I mean, or every coast, whichever way, I prefer to say Cote d'Ivoire because that's how you would say it, right? Cote d'Ivoire. Rather than the very British Ivory Coast. Cote d'Ivoire, like, they came second in the group to Cameroon. Um, So I think maybe that's more of a case of just simply having a tough group, especially because it it was decided on the final day. Um, Cameroon v uh, Cote d'Ivoire. there was only two points between them, so that that, that was more gut wrenching. But I certainly expected Nigeria actually to have a bit more of a, a chance against Ghana because the the Ghanaian team, um, I think they've got a couple of good youngsters who could come through. But overall, it's not the strongest team. When when I looked into their team, it was not quite as strong as I actually thought it would be. Um, mm. Whereas Nigeria got lots of Victor Osman in there, so I think Nigeria will be a very big miss. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Nigerians will be will be will be basically biting themselves watching 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 the World Cup. But I'm hundred percent sure they'll support the likes of Senegal. Obviously, I'm hundred percent sure they they don't like Ghana. Um, basically, the rivalry between the two countries. Yeah, but speaking speaking of Morocco, man, Morocco is a team that I personally love a lot. I think I think I think this is this is a team that have a golden generation right now in terms of African football. I think Morocco and Senegal have a golden generation. And I think I think for them they they they, they just have to have to. I, I'm not exactly sure how how big of how big how many how basically bigger how big of characters they have in the locker room because they have star names but usually the mentality is usually weaker when when it really matters um they have players that 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 have experience and players that that basically you can you can attest to like players like sofian amrabat they have been there they've done they've done it all and somehow some way they always still depend on on hakim ziyech which is granted is a, is a very good player i think he is um he is just let me see. He's just 19, 19 goals shy of Ahmed Farah, who is who is the country's all-time top scorer. Ahmed Farah, who is the country's all-time top scorer with thirty-six goals. Akim Ziyech has actually seventeen goals in forty-one caps for them. Is let me let me start with with Linus here. Is Ziyech still the player that basically people like defender like defenses have to, have to make sure that they take care of because most of the goals seem to run through him most of the um, chance creation seems to run through him is, is he is he the player for morocco that basically you have to you keep a keen eye on um well yeah he is the well he's not the star man but he's the creative force yeah he's the you know uh the boy with the magic at his face however when you look at morocco the goals come from everywhere. I mean, you're talking about <clears throat> um, Hakimi. Um, he's he's a, you know he's one of those fullbacks who gets in the box, knows how to find the net. Um, I think one of the top scorers during the um, qualifiers for the um, for the cup um, World Cup qualifiers was Ryan Mai. I'm not I'm not even sure how you say his name, but he plays for Ferencvaros and was a former player at Sunderland Liège. So the goals come from everywhere. They are a team who know how to score. Problem is, as they you know, they score, but then they're also quite shaky at the back, which was a problem for them in 2018. Has been a problem for them um, in most tournaments. Look uh, at Afcon. So they can score goals, sure, but in a group where scoring goals won't be a problem. I mean, you look at Canada and the attacking talent on display. Um, I forget who else. Uh, what other team is in that group? But I know it's, yeah, it's a group Croatia, where, yeah, Croatia and Belgium. These are teams that will score goals against you. So if if you if you, if you let them have a sne- uh, have a whiff, they'll you know they'll leave you for dead. So they need to fix their issues at the back. They just like the manager who had been with them. So maybe the new guy in charge has a system that is able to be a bit balanced. You know, have the attacking um, grit they show, but have a bit of um, defensive solidity at the back. 
Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think for Morocco, obviously, like like they they can score with with anyone, and obviously Akhraf Hakimi as well, like on 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 set pieces. Um, I think I think I think that's that, that's big for them, and obviously they have players obviously that that have the experience as well. They have Younes Belhanda in there, and obviously they, they this is a team that I like a lot. Um, granted, Munir El El Haddadi has not basically blossomed into the player that we hoped he would. Obviously, coming from Barcelona, um, I think he's playing in Getafe now. Um, basically, they have they have quality all over, and they have obviously players that play in the, in the top leagues in Europe. Um, basically, sprinkled all over the squad. Um, but there's there's always something that's missing for them. Um, Alex, do you know maybe what's missing for Morocco? What do what do they need to actually um, kick on and have a good tournament? Ooh, what's missing for them? That's an interesting one. Well, I mean, looking at their squad, I feel like the one area they're kind of actually a bit weak is the heart of defence. I mean, Morocco have got 15 players in the the current squad playing in top uh, playing in top five leagues uh, around Europe. Um, and yeah, we've touched on Hakim Ziyech before we go into the witnesses. I do want to mention as well, Amin Harit has looked really dangerous this season for Marseille. Uh, so I'm, I'd be really excited to see if he gets a chance because he's someone who could play up front, left wing or in midfield. Uh, he's exceptional ball, uh, like one of the most high productive dribblers in, in, in Ligue 1. Um, he'd be exciting to look out for. As well as Zakaria Bukal, um, a right winger. He could be probably a good sub coming on for the likes of Hakim Ziyech. But yeah, if we're looking at the defence, I mean, you've got Ashraf Hakimi at right back, Nusem Mazari at right back. These are two good players going forward. But defensively, I mean, you're only really looking at uh, Roman Roman Seiss, who used to play for Wolves. He's now at Viziktas. He's 32 years old. The rest of the names there, um, I'm struggling to recognise personally. I struggled to recognise earlier. I was looking uh, at Morocco in preparation for this. Um so yeah, if, if you, uh, I'm not sure if we're on the same page there, but I reckon the, that's their one weakness, that defense. And like uh, Lena touched on as well with Belgium, with Croatia, with Canada, I, this is probably the group of death, in my opinion, in the World Cup. The, these four teams have all got fairly big, fairly big issues, or, but also have so much danger and talent in the team. Um, yeah. So Morocco genuinely could, they could even go top if the things going the right way but they could very easily flunk out of the world cup at the first stage yeah 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 obviously like obviously this this group is 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 different for everyone obviously belgium have that issue where the team is is aging really fast obviously they also have a golden generation um but like I, obviously i mean harry to mention um is it's an interesting one 25 years old uh made obviously has 16 cups for morocco um basically Basically, going going a little bit of topic here is is there a chance that I mean Harit could maybe get get a transfer to a, to, a, to a big team? Not to say Marseille is not a big team, but do you think I mean Harit is that good that he could actually fetch a transfer to a, a a club that we know of? Um, possibly, yeah. It depends how he finishes this season. I mean, last season he was he he came with a lot of attention. He arrived for I think it was Schalke. Uh, I believe it was uh, like yeah. just only last year. It's where he did come through. Um, the, the issue last year, like I said, he wasn't very prolific. And fairness this year, he's not registered the goal or assist in the league, but he's just looked very dangerous. Um, so if he can start notching up some contributions before the World Cup starts and in the second half of the season, and if he has a very good World Cup, um, yeah. that you could definitely see him move on. I mean, very interestingly, his contract. Uh, well, I think he's on loan at Marseille, and he yeah. has an option to buy. Um, mm-hmm. So, Marseille, I'm not sure if they've got an obligation. I think it is an option. So, maybe he will be free to move next summer. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think for him is 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 a player that basically we we are starting to see him get get into his prime. Um obviously I think he had over a hundred a hundred appearances for Schalke as well. Um but it'll be it'll be curious to see to see how he plays um in the in the in the World Cup. Um in like maybe three weeks now if if we're counting three weeks. Um yeah obviously that's that's morocco i think i think for moroccans i think they they basically have to be excited and fingers crossed morocco actually get out of the group i think this is a group that that basically they have their capability to get out of um for me i'm i'm thinking croatia as well also they they also have that problem of 
players aging most of their players are, are not of 30 um players obviously like um, Luka Modric Balkoma Balondo winner um Rakitic as well will we'll, um Perisic as well we'll, we'll speak about that when, when we get to the European teams um but let me let, let, let's let's quickly jump um, um, um yeah go on um so there's this um player that West Ham signed um the center back God have mercy! I don't know how to say his name. Now, if uh, I mean, I think I'll watch. I, Morocco. I think I'll watch Morocco just to hear how you know how uh, the commentators pronounce the names. But yeah, good. I mean, I think well, he hasn't played for West Ham yet. But you're thinking he could be a good player. Could be along when you play him alongside uh, Saiz. Uh, I think I think he should be able to help. <laughs> That is a sorry to drop it. That's a good point actually because he's not listed on the squad because he's been injured for the past three rounds. But he's he's an absolutely brilliant defender. So yeah, their weakness of my weakness of saying they're um, in the centre of defence. Uh, yeah, I, I'm wrong with that because I forgot about Aguero. He's fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Linus, if if the name's too hard, just like call him by his first name. Ayef, Nayef, Nayef is fine. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's fit. Hopefully he's fit because we we haven't we haven't seen him play at all. Yeah, uh, no, he played he played yesterday for West Ham in uh, the Europa League. Uh, he played oh. against yeah, he played against Silkeborg. He had a he had a fantastic debut. He didn't face much in like the way of traffic, but um, he was spraying a lot of passes, so he should be in for the World Cup. Oh, so he's so he's back. That's good news. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's 26 years old, made 21 caps for Morocco as well, and has a goal as well for Morocco. So, um, hopefully, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he's fit for Morocco um, before before Qatar. Um, Linus, do you have anything else to add on here? No, no, I think we'll move on to the next team. Yeah, okay. Um, let, let's quickly speak about the hosts of Afcon 2021. Cameroon, man. Cameroon are a side that basically most people didn't didn't actually give two 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 f's about um, before 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 Afcon, and basically they 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 shocked, they surprised everyone. They had, they had a very good um, tournament, obviously at Afcon as well. They clinched the third the third um, spot. And they they basically are flying now. Vincent Abubakar is is a different player. Obviously, you'll see him the big man up front um, with that armband um, on his left arm as well. Um, bagging goals, I think he's is basically um, the man to watch out for. Um, Alex, can you can can I can I get a goal prediction from you for Vincent Abubakar? How many goals do you think he'll notch up in Qatar? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, it does depend on. Um... It, do, it does depend on how far they go, but I, I think you can have a bit of faith with him. I mean, for a bit of background, he is he is Cameroon's second all-time top goalscorer behind the great Samuel Eto'o. Eto'o scored 56 goals in 114 games. Abubakar, who's now in Saudi Arabia, he's on a 33 goals in 87 games. Essentially, he's averaging 0.3 goal, 0.38 goals per match. Uh, Eto's averaging marginally more, 0.49 goals per match. So it does put into context. He's had a very good, prolific time for his nation, uh, closing on 100 appearances as well. But I mean, we'll give context to Cameroon's uh, group: they have Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland. Uh, Serbia, uh, I think, are going to be—they're one of my teams to watch actually this tournament. I think they're in great shape. Brazil are Brazil. If they don't get out of the groups, it's a travesty. And Switzerland—they defeated France in the Euros, so. Again, they're in a pretty tough group, but you can see him scoring against one of Switzerland and Serbia. So, if I go for goal prediction, my friend, I'll go for two goals. Yeah, two goals. Yeah, two, two goals is fair. I think two goals. I think two goals. If you're a striker and someone tells you you're going to score two goals at the World Cup, I think you take that. Yeah. Um. I think Cameroon are, are a side that basically, like you just said, obviously, look, looking at this group, they have a chance. Um. Obviously, we'll 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 have to wait and see what Serbian and and Swiss teams actually um um turn up. Um, but Cameroon are a side that basically a lot of African um, viewers who will be watching the World Cup will actually be looking at. Um, obviously, they turn a lot of heads um, during Afcon, and there's a lot of big stuff actually expected from them. Um, but Linus, personally for you, what do you expect of Cameroon, man? What do you what what is the minimum? What do you expect? Look, I know I put myself in a tough spot by saying I'll be watching Tunisia, and Tunisia will be my African team. 
Mm-hmm. But that's just me, you know. That's just, I'm, I'm a sucker for underdogs. I mean, I support Spurs for quite out loud, so <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem there. But Cameroon, you know, if if you really want a team to watch, a team, you know, a team that won't disappoint you, it's Cameroon. You mentioned the um, third place finish in the Afcon, right? Which is a game they went three 0 down, and then came back to three three from the 70th minute on. And that, mm-hmm. that highlights what Cameroon is. They will not be beaten. They are a team that refuse to lose. I mean, for Kenya Cloud, they're the indomitable lions, right? They just won't yeah. be beaten. And when you see that, you go, right, right. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Brazil, Serbia, it doesn't matter. If we will not lose, we will not lose. And uh, you asked Alex about Abu Bakr and how many goals you see him getting. I'll be, I mean, hopefully he gets called up, but I'll be watching um, Tropomoting, who for Bayern Munich has been, um, has, mm. has been having uh, quite a lot of form. And yeah. so Cameroon, uh, to me, look, if Tunisia got early, then Cameroon, I mean, I believe, I believe they will cause upsets in their group. I see them maybe finishing second, and that's because, you know, it's Brazil. We don't actually argue. Yeah. But yeah, they have a good squad. They have balance squad defensively attacking uh and their manager i mean the manager is one of those uh i think one of those personalities that you normally don't get in a world cup when you think of all these old um, managers at the world cup you're the shams uh uh song is quite the character he's the only player he's actually one of two players to be sent off in two different World Cups, he's the youngest player to be sent off to World Cup. <laughs> so you can, you, you know, you know, with that, with such statistics, you know the kind of personality he is, right? Yeah. He, will, he will, he will, you know, if if he sees his team not performing, he will pull them by the shirt and tell them you have to give it your all. And Cameroon always give it their all when they're playing. So yeah, don't sleep on Cameroon. Don't sleep on the indomitable lions of Africa. Yeah, Rigobert Song is, actually has the most caps for Cameroon, obviously, in, in, in the nation's history. He's, uh, he, he has always been a character, um, obviously, where, obviously, as a player, used to wear um, his hat on his sleeve. Um, obviously, now he is now the, the manager, which um, basically should tell you about basically the spirit and basically the, char- the character of, of, of this team as well. Uh, mentioning Chupo Moting, that's, that, um, obviously, that's, that's also a big player for them. Uh, actually, helped to send Barcelona to the Europa League the other night um, in the Champions League. Yeah, um, basically, Cameroon, are, they're a good side. And I think Chupomoting has like 18 goals in, in 68 appearances. Um, is also another player that basically they should rely on. And obviously, as a team that they play really tough, they play really hard. You basically don't want to face them, um, especially when... Basically, during hot nights, we know it um, in Qatar. It will, uh, although it's it will be like slightly winter, but it it will be it will be hot. It will be hot still. It's it will be like cooler than normal times for 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 the for the for the continent um, in the Middle East. But it will still be hot, and you don't want to play Cameroon when it's really hot. Um, they're used to um, humid, um, basically humid weather conditions, and they play really tough. I think I think I think they, are, they have a shot to to actually get second. Um, obviously. We, have to wait and see what Serbian and Swiss teams actually turn up. Um, Alex, do you have anything else on Cameroon before we jump into Ghana here? Um, the only thing I'll say is that I found quite interesting. Uh, I had a look at the average age of their starting 11 versus South Korea they played recently, and it's 26.1, which if that was in the Premier League, that'd be in the, the bottom sort of six, seven youngest teams, uh, mm. like in between Manchester City, in between Everton. Uh, so the future is bright for Cameroon as well as the present. Yeah, yeah. Also, they have players like obviously Clinton Gia as well, um, who is 29 years old. They can depend on with the experience. Um, Cameroon, basically, Cameroonians should be should be glad um, basically with what's going on um, with their team at the moment. Um, hopefully, they have, they go on to have a, to have a very good tournament. Um, so as you know, we were saying, you know, Algeria will be a big miss, but you know, remember Algeria went down to. Cameroon. So I I think I think we got the better team at this World Cup. So yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Granted, granted, granted. I for me I, I just I like I, I like Algeria, I like Morocco, and like those 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 are my teams. Like obviously, I obviously no no shots no shots at Cameroon here. Cameroon are, are a really good side, um, but obviously like these teams that usually play really really tough and like 
usually very physical, usually usually very aggressive. I know they score a bunch of goals, and I know obviously they have that um, fight, like fight and comeback spirit that, that they they usually have. But they usually don't have the best like style of football. But like um, that's that's just my take on it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, let, let's let, let's let's speak about Ghana here. Ghana, um, obviously, most people did not expect them to make to, to make it to Qatar. And obviously, there's 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 some, there's a name on the coaching staff that you guys might know of. Um, we'll start with Alex here. Chris Hilton is actually the technical advisor um, for the Black Stars. Um, obviously, former Brighton manager. What's your take on it? Oh, Chris Hilton. Oh, wow. Then that's yeah. an interesting one. Um, that that's new information to me, but I quite like that um, because, I mean, the, the more outside influence you bring into African nations, the better because it's going to make sure you're on level level fields with like the European teams, South American teams. And Hutton for Brighton, he was very much an old school manager, very much a defense fo- defense first focused uh, coach. So the more of that. The, the better uh, chances Ghana have in the World Cup. Obviously, this will be their fourth one, right? They've qualified. They qualified for three in a row um, before yeah. the 2018 one, and then uh, th- then they went out. And the group at the moment they'll be facing Portugal and Uruguay, so their defense will definitely have to be um, locked on. I mean, you mentioned the coaching staff. I found something about their manager as well, Otto Ado, who he was a former player for the nation, and he said that um, he, he went on the record to say Ghana could be any team in the world. So he'll have to put his money where his mouth is in the, this tournament. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you don't want to be quoted that, especially before a ball is kicked. You don't exactly. Like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but like, like you said, obviously Ghana massive. I think, I think the addition of Chris Hilton like is is is, is massive as well. Obviously, technical advisor. He'll be he'll be helping with basically how the team is shaped up is shaped up. And I think he'll be, he'll be trying to improve the quality of, of the Ghanaian players as well. Um, a lot of experience for, for, for Ghana here. Andre Ayu is, 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 is basically the man for them. Obviously, um, the first penalty taker for them. His brother Jordan is also in the mix here. Um, I think Andre at the moment is playing in, in I think, Kuwait. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But I think Al-Sad, that's the team that is playing. I think Qatar, I think, is playing in Qatar for Al-Sad. Obviously, the money um, is, 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 is the big factor for him now that he's that true and his career is nearing um, basically the basically the end. And Jordan Ayu is also the player for them here. Jordan Ayu obviously still playing in the Premier League for Crystal Palace as well. Um, but the goals for, for Ghana, I think they're the same team as Cameroon. The goals come from literally everywhere. Um, but Linus, what do you think will be the biggest threat for them? Like basically, what if like if you were to advise a Portugal or a, a Uruguay, a Korea Republic, what would you advise them to basically um, do if they face Ghana? Uh, take it easy. I mean, I don't really fancy this Ghanaian side. Uh, look, on paper, yes, we have good names. You, we could say Tarek Lamchi, you know, Salisu, a promising centre-back at Southampton. Thomas mm-hmm. Party at Arsenal. We could, you know, the IU brothers, Inyaki Williams, uh, Mohamed Kudus at Ajax, promising talents. But overall, uh, if if you watch them at the, at the AFCON, they were quite awful. I mean, that three-two loss to Comoros. <laughs> oh, come on! I mean, come on! I mean, how? I mean, how they beat Nigeria? You know, has to be chalked up to it's just football. This is what football is. But yeah, so I'd say you know Portugal, South Korea. These are three points. You know, as much as we were talking about, we'd like to see um, the poetic justice when Ghana beat Uruguay. You look at the side, you look at the performance, and you go, you know, I mean, maybe some other day, but not today. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I, I, that's that's why I disagree. I think I think you're wrong. I think I think they will surprise you. I think I think the the, the team that basically they they have they're coming from a pride a proud country. I think Ghana as a whole is is just a is just a country that that's proud of, of their team, regardless of whether they are good or whether they are bad. And I think I think they will play well. Um, obviously you've mentioned players that are really good. I think obviously Mohamed Kudus as well. Alex, I'm 100 sure Alex will tell us a bunch about him. Um, um, four goals for for Ghana in 16 appearances. Um, he's 22 years old. He's someone that that will be good for them for a long time. And obviously, you mentioned 
legs of obviously Salisu as well um Southampton defender I think I think I think for for Ghana here I think they they they, they will they will come into the group like not like taking themselves themselves seriously obviously they're happy to be in the tournament uh for them I think they'll just like take it game by game and like wear their hearts their hearts on their sleeves basically every single game and I think that that might turn out to points and that might turn turn out to basically surprise draws here um Alex what do you think what do you think of Ghana here So I I mean let's start with Kudus he said I have got bits to sell on him I've been following him since he joined I I believe he joined in the same window that Anthony joined um oh. and I I have a vivid memory actually of him assisting Anthony on one of Anthony's like uh I think it's a, a right-footed goal that came out of nowhere it's brilliant um and it was it, it, it was created because Kudus was playing midfield and he drove from his own half right up the pitch and laid it off to Anthony a very typical yeah. Mamakudas fashion but he should be getting more goals now uh for the national team because he's been playing up front for Ajax more like a like a proper false nine like really dropping back and well at times still hanging off the last defender uh he he seems to be blossoming in well this season it could be a breakout um it could be a breakout tournament for him i guess have a talents we should mention like Inaki Williams declaring for the nation um as well Felix Afanyjian I'm not sure we spoke about him but uh because uh from Roma right he'll be very interesting to watch because he, he, when I was watching last year he's only 19 but he looked levels above other 19 year olds in his category Uh, so I he's like a very physical player and very technically gifted I think. He doesn't always make the best decisions but like like I've said a few times in this podcast if you're looking for a super sub to bring on in the second half uh, you're looking at uh Fierce Jan. Um so yeah, there's got some good attacking players. I guess defense again is a bit where I'm concerned of it. Alexander Jiku at Strasbourg. Strasbourg are in horrible form at the moment in Liga and they look <laughs> like they could be going down in fact. So I don't yeah. quite know what a um, mindset he'll be coming into this tournament with. Yeah, I yeah, I think I obviously I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on Afenajian. Um he has, he has the one goal for Ghana in six appearances. And for someone obviously like you say the 19 year old that doesn't play like a 19 year old that's that's very promising. You always want to see that from a player who's that young, who's that talented. Um I think I think for them they they basically have to make sure that they 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 don't do too much and they don't overthink it i think i think they have, to, they have they have to go into the group knowing that they are not the favorites to get out of the group and if they go in that mentality and if if the coaching is actually right they might come out with wins here because you if if you're expecting goals from Jordan Ayu from basically Andre Ayu and the, and the likes um i think that that might be a problem obviously these are players that are basically nearing the end of their primes or past their primes so they they have to, they have to be realistic here be pragmatic and make sure like you you take it game by game and try to try to win that game and move on to the next one um obviously like Lena said the Uruguay Ghana matchup will be key and a lot of people will be watching that one because obviously there's, there's memories of that 2010 game um where basically Suarez basically saved the ball with with his hand uh, basically on the, on the goal line and like uruguay ended up winning after ghana missed the penalty and obviously that 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 will be a key a key game and i think most people will have to sit down and watch it um but does anyone else have anything to speak about ghana here before we sign off uh, lena some pretty sure you have something nah nah see that's how the women they are for me so no Yeah, Alex. <laughs> no, I I think we've covered all the bases on Ghana. I mean, I guess like we said, they they beat Nigeria on away goals. Um we expect Nigeria to go through, so they shouldn't be taken lightly in their group. Yeah. Yeah, and I I have, I have one more question here. I'll I'll start with a Spurs fan on here. Um Linus, um Arsenal basically are currently on top of the table and I have I, I had a conversation with 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 an Arsenal fan and he he said something along the lines of Arsenal doesn't have many uh world class world class players if well, a question for you Linus is Thomas Partey actually a world class player because 
Um, that's that. That was my notion that he is a world class player, but um, the Arsenal fan basically had an opinion on the contrary. Oof. Okay, world class players. I mean, I thought we only had maybe ten world class players at the moment, so I'd say no. I mean, uh, uh, look, he's a good player. He's he's a good player. He can come up with magic moments. Look at what he did at the derby. So, yes, I won't speak ill of party, but uh, world class is pushing it a bit too far. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Arsenal have a world class player, to be honest. I mean, I'm not even sure. Yeah, you, you, yeah is, is Saka not a world class player? Le, le, okay, le, okay, that's your opinion. Le, le, let, let's, le, let's, let's ask this um, basically to Alex. Let's push this to Alex. How do, how, Alex, how would you define a world class player? Like the, the term, like terming a player world class, how would you define it? Um, I, I'm a bit more controversial. I guess I'm quite controversial with this. I, I put world class as sort of like second tier. Like in my mind, you've got. The Messi's, the Mbappe's, like, I, and for me, they're elite. And then you have world class, which is like, you know, top UCL standard player, players who can get into, you know, like the latter stage U- UCL teams. And in that regard, I think Thomas Partey ticks that box. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly my thinking. That's exactly my thinking. Linus, you said there are only ten world class players. Would you mention like maybe three or four? I mean, yeah, I mean, same. Your misses, your, uh, well, your 2010 Ronaldo, your... <laughs> you did the same thing as me. I was going to say <laughs> Messi and Ronaldo, and I thought, not Ronaldo. That's yeah. why I said no, Mbappe. Like, yeah, his, his days are over, but yeah. Look, you know it when you see it. That's 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 how I'd put it, because it's hard to tell who's the one. I'd say, let's see, let's see who's not. Um, I'd say Salah, when Salah, Salah's a world-class player in my book. So he caught the same um, company as Lionel Messi, Lewandowski. Uh, I'd say 2022 uh, Ballon d'Or winner Karim Benzema was world class. Was well, is world class. Well, is world class. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, it's a, this this is where I've never actually thought there'd be a point where uh, football meets philosophy, but I think depending on what a world class player is would have to be one of those topics. Yeah, yeah. Alex, where 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 is Salah in your tier? Where is he? Um that's a fun question. I think if you'd asked me this time last year I would have been very confident in saying he's on the sort of elite sort of plane, but he's dropped off a bit this year and he's looked a lot more human. I said I think oh this is a very political answer I guess but um I'd say for a period of time last year, Salah was one off, if not the best player in the world. Like I'm thinking when he scored, do you remember that Messi-esque goal he scored against Liverpool, uh, against Manchester yeah. City? Sorry, where he like driv- dribble through like about four defenders. At that yeah. moment, like Salah was maybe the best player in the world. At the moment, but right now, like in 20, late 2022, uh, he's, he's uh, like TBC. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, for you guys that don't know, TBC, TBC is to be confirmed. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll we'll have we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, Mo Salah and Egypt will not be playing um in the World Cup. They are out courtesy of Mo, uh, Sadio Mane and Senegal. Um, this this basically has been the African teams that we wanted to cover for you guys. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed the podcast. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed three guys actually speak about these teams that we really love and a tournament that we're excited about. Um, basically, Alex, do you have anything to shout out here? Um, what's going on? Um, or is everything still classified? <laughs> uh, some things remain classified uh, hopefully it won't be for too long but if you want a bit more of me uh, you can come to my TikTok and Twitter at Eurexpert and my Instagram as well which I'm trying to build out a bit uh, yeah come come over try some of my videos if you like it stick around and you can always DM me and ask me questions and within about a week I'll get back to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah within about a week that's, that, that's a fair a period of time yeah <laughs> Linus, um, as well, um, basically shout out, sh- shout, shout, shout out to everyone because like people, people, people are saying like Linus is is too hard to find. People are saying Linus, Linus, Linus cannot be found. Linus is usually MIA. Um, what, what do you have to say to those guys? I'll say tune into the next episode. 
the third one for second. <laughs> yeah. But look, look, look. I, I'll make I'll make a wager, right? If if an African team makes it to the semi-final, mm-hmm. I may think about opening an Instagram account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, that's not going to happen. I say yeah, well, well, like, see, see, stranger things have happened. So, in, in, no, okay. I'm sorry. You've got to go further. If an African team makes it to the semi-final, you've got to make an Instagram account and post your, like 20 pictures of yourself naked. You've got, you've got to commit to that. <laughs> no, no. You can't just go. You can't go. Like, if, 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 if an African team gets to the semis, I might, I might make an account. Commit, my friend. Yeah, if an African team makes it to the semi-finals, you need to open an OnlyFans account, man. Yeah, like, you know, like, oh, no, 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 I take it all back. I take it all back. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, I think, I think, I think, I think, um, it's it's about time, um, that basically pressure you into into getting on social media, um, because I think people people really want to really people really want to um see your opinions on Twitter, um, Instagram as well. Um, obviously, Alex is doing really well on Twitter, and basically, um, that is is really flying. You guys should go and follow him at Euro Expert underscore. Um, you guys should also follow him on his YouTube as well. He has really good content. Um, although we haven't seen it much um, in the past few weeks slash months, um, but I, I'm, I'm I'm guessing that content is coming back. Um, follow the podcast as well on Twitter at Third World Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Pablo Iconero. Um, there's also a YouTube for the Third World Perspective now. We're trying to, to figure out the video thing. Hopefully, we bring that um, aspect to to our podcast really, really soon. Um, just spent the entire week basically having a conversation with 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 a team, basically with someone, basically to, to try and figure out how to how to get that um, basically. For the third world perspective but thank you guys for listening to the podcast and we'll see you guys in the next one